Hey everyone, it's your host, Micah Tatebe, and I am so excited to be able to give you today this conversation that I was able to record with my grandma, my dad's mom. Uh, And this one is really special to me because before I even started a podcast, capturing her story and preserving her story was something that I really wanted to do. Now, before we start today, I want to give you a few words that you're going to need to know so you don't feel lost. And that is jichan and bachan. And that means uh, grandpa and grandma in Japanese, respectively. And I also need to give you a quick history lesson. Now, it's okay. I don't expect you to be a complete history buff to be able to keep up with the facts that I'm about to tell you. So in 1939, World War II started. However, the United States did not enter into World War II until December 7th, 1941, with the attack on Pearl Harbor. Soon after that, the current president at the time, FDR or Franklin Roosevelt, had enacted an executive order 9066 on February 19th, 1942. What was this and why does it matter? Well, it essentially rounded up 117,000 Japanese Americans, two-thirds of which were native-born in order to prevent espionage on American soil. And of those 117 plus thousand Japanese Americans who were taken from their homes, my grandma and her family were a part of those numbers. So I'm really honored to be able to share part of my grandma's story with you, part of her struggle, because it's part of my story and my heritage and my ancestry as well. So I really hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 8 origins. So, when and where were you born, and how many siblings did you have, and uh, what was it like growing up where you grew up? Oh, okay. I, um, I grew up in uh island of Hawaii, uh, this it's called Kaapahu, K-A-A-P-A-H-U, Kaapahu, Hawaii. And I was born on March 3rd, 1935. Oh, my siblings, let me, oh, how many siblings do I have? They, you know, they were actually, including myself, there were 10 of us. <laughs> That's a lot. And, and two had passed away. I didn't know them because I was I wasn't even born. But anyway, oh, there are only four of us left now. Oh, six have already gone. Yeah, there are four of us. Our sisters, Chick, Ruth, myself, and um, and Flo. Yeah, the four of us. Because my brother, he passed away last year. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there were 10 of us. Can you imagine? No, I can't. And where are you in the sibling order? Oh, I'm second to the bottom. (laughs) Uh, My parents were Japanese school school teachers. And um, this was the thing. Uh, The English school... American school, we live kind of on a hill, so 
so uh, the American school was was down the hill, the building, and then the, and then after after it was finished, the, the Japanese uh, then the um, the students uh, walked up for the Japanese uh, for the Japanese lessons, and um, oh, they were very very courteous. Each one when they came when they came to the school. Our school, our um, the home that I grew up in, that home was connected to the to the school, uh, one big building, and um, this, each one of the students would come up to the front door uh, and say, you know, in Japanese, konnichiwa, konnichiwa. Yeah, it, it was really something, because nowadays they don't have that. But yeah, each one came and. Um, my dad, he, oh, oh, your, so your great grandma Suzuki, Bachan, she she taught from first grade to sixth grade, and then um, Jichan Suzuki, he he taught from seven to twelve. That their that class was so quiet, you can hear mm-hmm. a pin drop, because he was so strict. They were all afraid of him because you know what he would do. He'd say he would be writing something on the blackboard. Somebody speak, he'd turn around and he'd, he'd throw the chalk at them. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes he would throw the, the you know, the eraser. Yeah. Throw. So they, they knew how bad, how not bad, but how strict he was. That's a nobody, nobody, uh, Talked or anything, they're quiet and they did, they did their studies, and um, so the war came, December December seventh. Because my dad was school teacher, mm-hmm. the the police uh, from uh, Honoka PD. He was a uh, Japanese American police. He came to to pick Jichang uh, up. Suzuki, he said he told my he told my mom to get him ready, and you know because he has to leave, and so either it was December seventh or December eighth already, they they came to to uh, pick him up. I I was seven years old and I can even when I close my eyes I can still hear hear the the Honoka PD talking to my mom saying to to get, you know, my my dad, Ajitian's things ready. And, and they did. And I, I guess he must have left maybe maybe half hour later. Mm. Took in the suitcase and, they let, and my dad left with him. <clears throat> because, see, the thing about it is Japanese school teachers, the Buddhist priest, and then the fishermen, they're all considered spies so but only west coast so so all the buddhist priests the japanese school teachers they they went to hilo which is still on the big island and uh i guess they got red they registered them you know vaccinated them and an id and and from there i think they got on a boat and went to Honolulu and from Honolulu they came down here 
to San Francisco, and from San Francisco they went to New Mexico. And he stayed, mm. I don't know, he stayed there for a while. Only the, and that's all the Buddhist priests and the, the fishermen and Japanese school teachers. No family, just just them. And so um, how much how much later did you uh, have to leave? Did we join? Oh, let's see. Okay, now then we had then we got a notice saying that that we're gonna go to the mainland. So then uh, all the the PTA they came to help help uh, Bacham pack all the things. And so we got on from there. Then we went to Hilo, and we we um, we got an ID. And then from there, I guess we got on another boat like Jichan did, and went into Honolulu. There was a place called uh, Sand I- Sand Island. We stayed there. I don't know how long, not very long. And then we got on the the luxury liner, and then. Uh, and then arrived in uh, San Francisco. Seven of us came to the mainland, you know. We came to the relocation camp, yeah. And, and uh, oh, you know who went to camp? Uh, my oldest sister was married, so she, she stayed back with my, uh, her and my brother-in-law stayed back. And the rest of us, yeah, the rest of us. Hmm. And Micah, the frightening part was we had to go single file from San Francisco. We had to do single file. We had to get, there was a train waiting for us. And those MPs were very scary. A lot of them had bayonets. It's like ready to, you know, poke us. Mm-hmm. But but you know we were scared so quietly we just filed and and then we got on the train and from there our first concentration camp was in was in um, Arkansas it it was called Denson D E N S O N Denson Arkansas and they had regular American teachers I our second grade. Miss Morris, oh, she was really, really nice to us, Miss Morris. And then third grade was Miss Miss Wheatnight. Anyway, um, no, uh, second and third I was in in uh, Denson, Arkansas. And then from there, Jichen uh, joined us from New Mexico to to uh, Arkansas. And um, from Arkansas, we came on the train and we went to a, a place called uh, Tule Lake, T-U-L-E Lake, and that was near Mount Shasta. That almost was near Oregon. So cold there. Yeah. Oh, and as you know, and then Arkansas was cold too. And from the barracks that we stayed in, and walking to the school, no bus second grade, but we had to walk to school, and we did, and uh, and we ate at the mess hall, yeah, and, and then uh, the the bathroom, oh, that was all lighted, it was huge, just, you know, showers, I don't know if they had any curtains, mm-hmm. but, uh, 
And then from there, I went to Tule Lake. And from Tule Lake, now, Micah, we had to decide either we're going to Japan or we're going to come back to Hawaii. So they said, okay, then the next camp after Tule Lake, we, um, the family, we went to this place called Gila, G-I-L-A, Gila, Arizona. It was not too far from Phoenix. And we stayed there for a while. Now, see, I don't know how long, but when I went and after from Phoenix, then, you know, we had to come back to Hawaii. So so we came to Santa Ana. There was a camp there. And we stayed there. And then... Uh, and then the war was over, so we came came back on the army boat to Honolulu. Mm. While you were at yeah. the camps, since you were mm-hmm. only in like elementary school, what did you do mm-hmm. for fun, or was there anything really to do? We just we just played outside, <laughs> no. mm-hmm. or, or found friends, and we just played or played jump rope or something we had. Somebody that was kind of had money had jump rope, so we played jump rope with each other. Oh, and then there was a mess hall, and then uh, and uh, Bacha helped in the she helped in the kitchen. Was the food any good there, or was it? It was was, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. A Sunday, we had chicken, and uh, and then we had ice cream. That was a treat. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds good. And then Christmas, uh, they gave they were, they were distributing Christmas presents. The army. And that was that. Now that was in Jerome. That was in in Arkansas. And then when we went to to Tule Lake, I don't remember getting any present there. And the funny part of that was we went to this, this camp in in Tule Lake, and we stayed in this in this in the, in this, and so there were some people that that were born here, you know they they wanted to come and pick on the Hawaiians, so we were afraid, but but nothing happened. But we were prepared because you know they said oh that. Uh, I guess we looked Japanese, but then, but then we, we, you know, somehow we were, we weren't, we weren't born here. But anyway, yeah, that's that's only a small part of it. And so, uh, and after after Gila, Arizona, then we came back, stayed in Santa Ana. From Santa Ana, we we boarded the boat army boat and came home came home to Hawaii to Honolulu that's where the boat uh, land well what docked in uh, Honolulu yes and so uh, uh, we then uh, my dad my dad's I guess they say his uh, his second cousin so we, we from Honolulu we uh we moved to a, a, a town called Wahewa. Wahewa, let me see. And I was, uh, was in, I think I was going in the fifth grade. 
Did your parents go back to their jobs as teachers when they got back? No, no. After they went to the camp, they they dissolved the Japanese school. Mm. So what did they do after that then? Oh, you know, uh, my dad, I think beginning, oh, he didn't do anything. Even though we stayed, we stayed at um, my dad's second cousin. They owned a cafe, like a restaurant, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the neighborhood. Mostly, the men would come and eat there, and um, I don't know how long we stayed there. Oh, not very long. Then they. Um, they had a home in in a in a town called Nuanu. N U A N U Nuanu. It's a town. Yeah, they had a home there. We they found out. So we moved there. It was let me see, one, two, three, three bedroom, and then they had a bedroom down. So total four bedroom. Yeah, and the lot was pretty big too. And you know I was a tomboy. We had what we call a this tree, and it's mountain apple, and um, it was good. I used to after dinner, I used to climb on the tree, and Jicham put nails nails for me, so it was like a step. Then I would hmm. climb up, and I, I would sit on the uh, on the branch and climb, and pick the mountain apple. <laughs> that sounds really cool. And uh, then went on the bus went to school. Then when I went to school, you know, the, the kids, they they hated me, Micah, because, you know, I spoke like the, like the, like the, like the kids out here. And then when they go, when you go back, they have what you call a pigeon, pigeon language. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of pigeon language? Yeah. And, yeah. um, and I didn't speak like them, and they didn't like me. They said I spoke like a white person. Mm. So I was harassed fifth, six, seven, three years. I was, well, by the time seventh grade, there was junior high. They were getting a little bit better, but, oh, I was harassed fifth and sixth, fifth and sixth grades. So that wasn't two fun years. No. Um, was yeah. that hard for you because when you were in the camps, the kids there didn't like you because you were from Hawaii? And then when you went back to Hawaii, the kids from Hawaii thought you talked white. So really it felt like you didn't because really know where you where you fit in. No, because the kids here spoke really good English. Mm. And so I spoke like them. You know, when I say kids... You know, we're all Japanese in the camp, but they spoke very good. And so, you know, I don't know. So I go back, uh, we go back to Hawaii. And by the time I went to um, Kaunanako, seventh grade, some of the, the Japanese boys didn't like me. But by the time eighth grade came, it, it, you know, it kind of died down. And uh, high school was, was not bad. I went, we went to a school. McKinley High School, William McKinley. 
McKinley <laughs> High School. That that's the school that I went. <laughs> you made it through high school and what did you do after that? After that then I came the year that I graduated nineteen fifty three, um, my sister had three three children. They're all little. The oldest one was five. The next one was three, and then baby. So I came with them. I came with my sister. My brother-in-law came first, and he found a job, found an apartment, and I came with my sister. And um, to California, right? Mm-hmm. To California. What city did you stay with them in? Oh, oh, what city? Uh, this was. Let me see. This was in uh, L.A., Los Angeles. Okay. And I was working here and there, and then uh, nineteen. Let me see, nineteen fifty-seven. I met Jichan. Jichan, Jichan Tatebe. I met him, and we got married. Uh, nineteen fifty. Yeah, I got married fifty-seven. Uh huh. What did your parents think about you wanting to leave Hawaii? Oh, they didn't think too much because later they came to join us here in the mainland. Because uh, we didn't have our own home. We we stayed at my uh, we stayed at my brother-in-law's. He had only two bedroom upstairs. And then uh, Ji Chang and my brother-in-law, uh, the home was kind of, kind of like a tilt, like a, it was kind of raised. So they built uh, down. Then they built what we call downstairs. They built like a three-bedroom, and had, we had a kitchen and a bathroom. Yes. So that's mm. where we stayed. Mm-hmm. So how many people were living in that house all at the same time? Oh, at the same time? Let me see. Uh, Nine. Nine of us. Wow. Because upstairs, my sister and my brother-in-law, they had my niece and my nephew. And then, then downstairs, it was my parents and my, my sister, Ruth. Myself and uh, my sister below me, Florence. So there are three of us. So five of us. Yes. What made you all want to come to the United States, even after what you had gone through with being in the oh, camps? I guess I, we felt the opportunities were better because in Honolulu it was very difficult to find a job. That's why we moved. We moved down to the mainland. Oh no! Did you know that this is our third home that we bought? The, I did not. The first, I think I only oh, knew oh, one the, before the that. The first, oh, oh, the first home. That's in fact when we moved. That's when Uncle Ken, Ken, Uncle Ken was born, and um, after that we didn't stay there too long. Then we found a home in the city that, well, the first home was in Baldwin Park. 
And um, after Baldwin Park, then we moved to a city called Arcadia, A-R-C-A-D-I-A. And do you know today, Micah, Arcadia have 60% Asians. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. You, you turn around, boy, the Asians there. And you know what? The, uh, the chief, police chief, it's, he's Japanese. That's I interesting. Think he started this year. Yeah, in Arcadia. Mm-hmm. How did you and Jichan meet in America? Oh, uh, where I was working, I was working at a jewelry, jewelry, uh, made wholesale jewelry, and uh, I worked as a bookkeeper and like an office manager in the office. And then um, one of the ladies, her husband, her husband went to school with Jichang. So, so then one day they, they uh, introduced us. And that's how it started. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. How old uh, were you guys when you met? Oh, let me see. I was uh, 23. Young, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, was from Japan, so I did go to Japan a couple of times. That was an, that was an experience, yeah. And you know, in those days, the first time I was went was in 1959. You know, they didn't have jets; they had propeller propeller planes, so it took forever. Yeah, I bet and that then, took a really long time. Yeah, and in 1965, Micah, when I uh, when I, I I did go to Japan that year, but later, after I came back, then the jets. Then the jets came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, I like Jichan's uh, uh, mom, your great grand your great grandma Tatebe, yeah. Jichan's sister, and and Fumiko, and um, you know Jichan said, watch out for for Bachan because she 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 likes to sneak and smoke. So one day she sneaked, she was sneaking out of the house and she was smoking. And so, of course, I wasn't so telling me, Jichan's telling me, Mom, you, you see, you see Mom smoking, you let me know. So I did tell her, oh, they were scolding her. And, and, and uh, Fumi, Fumiko and Dad. Because she not, she wasn't supposed to smoke because of her health. Oh, but she was out outspoken, and and yet at the same time, she was a lo- lovely person. Yeah. Well, I wish I would were wish I could have met her. Yeah, and I wish you could have met my parents too. My my mom, your great grandma Suzuki, she would have really loved. Love you folks. Yeah. She really would. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have liked that one too. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't have any other questions for you. I'm oh. super glad that we were able to talk and you were able just to share some of that stuff with me and able just to talk about it. And it Thanks. means a lot to me. 
All right. Thank you. Love you both. Love you too, Bachan. Have a good week. Oh, all right. I will. You'll have to forgive me. I found this episode pretty difficult to finish, and not because I didn't enjoy it, but just in the light of so many recent events, I found it hard to find the right words. But a takeaway that I have is that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants, meaning we're standing on the shoulders of someone who's come before us, who's made progress. Ironically, my grandma is like four feet tall, so I mean, standing on her shoulders wouldn't be much of a boast, but on her perseverance, on her story, on her experience, and on her hard work, my family would not be where it is today if she didn't continue just to work hard. And a sad reality is my story is similar to hers. I was also bullied in middle school for how I looked. That resulted in a lot of bad self-confidence, poor self-image, and misplaced identity. And I fear her story is coming full circle. And while we can stand on the shoulders of progress of what has been accomplished, I do believe that it goes hand in hand with struggles and the roadblocks that were never really resolved. Hatred. Ignorance. These things reverberate beyond time and place and can derail our progress. I think quite recently we've found our hatred echoing itself back at us as we attempt to move on, to progress, only to find out that we ourselves are locked in the same small-minded boxes that we thought we grew out of. So what can we do? I'm not an expert, and quite honestly, I don't know. But I know some things that I want to try to do. I want to see people for who they are, not what they look like. Get to know someone, know their story, know why they are the way they are, and not just make snap judgments just because we've had one bad experience or we want to base it on a stereotype. Another thing I want to try to do is I want to stand up for those who can't stand at all. And the last thing is I want to speak for those voices who aren't heard, who can't be heard. We all have a voice, but how are we going to use it? And I hope my my grandma's story means something. Uh, I hope you heard it and understood it, and it didn't build resentment, but it built understanding in your heart. And you can use that understanding and be a bridge for someone else and see someone for who they are and not what they look like. Once again, I'm Micah, and thank you so much for listening to The Impact Podcast.